Welcome to the Living Word Podcast. To find out what we're up to, check us out online at dlwc.network. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Today, I want to talk to you about something that God addresses in Deuteronomy chapter number one. And the people of Israel, as we've used this example a great deal in the first quarter of this year, and it, and it just seems to make sense with where I believe the church is going. How many of you know we're coming out of a season and coming into a season? As, as a country and as a world around us. And you've got to be able to recognize the season that you're in and be able to make transition well. And so out of Egyptian bondage under Pharaoh and the oppression after 400 years of Egyptian bondage, God leads them out by his mighty hand and he takes them to a place called the wilderness. He goes to a place called Sinai. It's a mountain. And there God meets with Moses, gives him the law, gives him the direction for the kingdom of God's operation. They had some things to learn because you don't learn much about the the one and the only true holy God by living for Pharaoh or at least living in his neighborhood. And so they came out, they had a lot to learn. They'd heard the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they didn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And boy, did they ever come front and center with him. And they were introduced to him and to the miracle-working way that he used Moses and what he did for for the people of God to bring them out of bondage and to ultimately bring them into the land of promise. Now, that's where they were going. But there's 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 a rest area, and it's called the wilderness. And God brings him in there. He was going to bring him in for a couple of weeks and then shoot him right into the land of promise. But they had to learn to trust God. And we talked about that over the last couple of weeks. It's important for us to get the idea that once you're there, God will... He, come on, how many of you know, again, the wilderness, is, it's not for living, it's for learning. Amen? So again, you know, people say promised land is a type of heaven. Well, not really, because Moses is probably in heaven. And he didn't get to go. And there's giants over in the land of promise that have to be dispossessed. And I don't think there's any enemies in heaven. Come on, somebody. And so there's a lot of reasons why when you cross over the Jordan River, it's a type of crossing over into destiny and purpose where you get to win. The cloud may disappear, but God's just as present as he was over there. And so it's important for us to get that. And so God announces the beginning of a brand new season. And this is what he says, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse number 8, the Lord God said to them at us at Horeb, he said, you've stayed enough, long enough in this mountain. Come on, how many of you know you've stayed enough where you are? It's been long enough. He says, break camp in advance. Now, that's what I want to talk to you about today. And he'll continue to say, into the hill country of the, of the Amorites and go to the neighboring people in the Arabah and in the mountains and in the western foothills and in the Negev and, and along the coast, the land of the Canaanites into Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. He said, see, say it. See. He said, I have given you this land. Yes. Now go in and get it. Isn't it crazy how God talks? He acts like you already got it and there's still enemies over there. He acts like they're not there. See, I have given you the land. Now go in and possess it. There's the language of faith that God says, I know it's going to be a mission. I'm going to be with you. It's surely going to happen, but you've got to be able to see it before you possess it. And it's that sort of a transition. And, and if we'll paint the gospel clear enough, I believe God's going to help us. Now, let me paint a, a scenario for you. After they came out of Egypt, there were babies that were actually born in the wilderness. Babies. 
And they're growing and they're learning from their surrounding what life is all about. They don't know anything about Egypt other than the stories that they may be told as children. But now all of a sudden, you, you pick up camp, you move along, you follow the cloud wherever the cloud goes. And when the cloud stops, you stop, you set camp back up again. When the cloud moves, you pick up camp and you move. That's the way the wilderness works. How many of you think that normal for a baby born in the wilderness wasn't your normal? Because they'd think wandering's normal. Come on, if you don't like where you're at, come on, we're going to move tomorrow, so it's no big deal. <laughs> move along. I want you to get the idea in your head that that's a lot of what we've learned in our past we need to move out of. You need to follow the presence of God. The greatest thing that each one of us can learn is that everything moves in seasons. Ecclesiastes chapter number three tells us, don't get comfortable where you're at because God will move you. I'm not talking about geography. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. God wants you to advance. There's some things that you need to break out of and some things you need to break into. When you went to primary school, you learned primary school lessons, but then Whatever the vocational you needed, either college or vocational school or apprenticeships or whatever, you moved into those things. And however well you performed at that level determined how well you performed at the next. Everything builds upon the next and everything has a season in it. And then ultimately you want to be able to provide a good living and so forth. So you, you get married and you have kiddos and so forth and kids eat a lot so you got to make a lot. Amen. Come on, somebody shout refrigerator. <laughs> so... You have all of this going on, and it's all seasons. Each season has opportunity, and it's important for us to understand that every season is going to be dependent upon God, that he wants to show us more about himself in every season. But at some point, God's going to have to take you in whatever season you've been in and say, you've been here long enough. It's time to advance. And that's the word, really, that I, that I need to share with you because there's doors to advancement. You've got to walk through those open doors. When, when God opens it up for you, when he says, wait a minute, I'm calling you to a little bit longer time in prayer. Don't just, don't just pray and then, and then get in the car and go to work. It's important that you spend more time here because I've got a things I've got to teach you. I've got to share with you because the next season is going to require it of you. And so for some of you, it might be switching from, from going to church to understand what it means to be the church. From learning about God to knowing God. That's a pretty big transition. And God says, come, I want to show you who I am. And it's a beautiful season for you. And we'll just say, there's probably a lot of folks in the room, several, that probably need that seasonal change. Maybe you're watching online and you say, I, I really need that seasonal change in my life. I want, to, I want to know that it's more than just about dusty old religious stories. That it's actually about a God who rose from the dead, who actually wants to do life with me on a day-to-day -day basis. And moment to moment, actually hear his voice and follow his leading. He said, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that God dwells in you. Hmm. And so there's so much about the Word of God that needs to be experienced in there. In order to grow and to go into the next season of life, there really needs to be a spirit of cooperation on our life. So God asks us to do things that didn't obviously come from us, like get baptized, get wet, and come out new. Okay, well, <laughs> who made up that rule? See, baptism is really all about transition from one state to another. Jesus was crucified for all of us and painfully painfully died in my place and yours. 
People that reject him today, the price was paid there. People that say yes to him, the price was paid there. People that accept him last week and people who accept him next week, the price was paid in the same place. And the pain of the nails and hanging on a cross that he made himself was all about the story. And imagine there's, there's nothing more final than a funeral. And they buried him in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And then they said, well, lest they take his body away and say he rose from the dead like he claimed, let's roll a great big stone over the thing. And a bunch of old soldiers, Roman soldiers, pushed the great big stone into the mouth of the thing so they couldn't easily roll it away. And then kind of dusted their hands and got rid of him. And I'm telling you, Friday can be a difficult day in your life, but thank God Sunday's coming. Here we are. It might look like the Friday in your life, but Sunday's coming. And so Jesus, when he rose from the dead, the Bible said that the stone was rolled out of the way. Massive thing. Massive hindrance. A massive barrier. The enemy wants to keep you dead. I can tell you right now, he wants to keep you in that tomb. Whatever tomb it is, the tomb of depression, the tomb of sin and addiction, the tomb of not being able to get along. Matter of fact, it's just a tomb of being a smart aleck. Come on, how many of you know that can be a problem? I'll ask your wife after service. Or your husband. I just want you to know there's all kinds of things that God says, you've been here long enough. It's time to break camp and go. It's time to get out of here. The season is changing. Come on, somebody shout, the season is changing. And God knows what season you're in. He also knows the hindrances for you to make that choice. But I'm telling you this morning, God is going to roll the stone out of the way for you. And he's going to present for you a door into a brand new season of life. And it's a season that certainly is sought after. It's peace that no one else could bring you. It's joy unspeakable and it's full of his glory. It is the kind of redemption where sin loses its grip and where the glory of God takes you to a brand new level. And that's what God wants for every single believer. To reveal to you what he wired you for and then equip you with the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can spend the rest of your days walking in the abilities of God, not just your own best effort. And it's what God does with normal fishermen and turns them into world changers. It's what he does. He rolls the stone of opposition out of the way, the hindrances, the barriers that try to keep you in your yesterdays, thinking about all the failures, thinking about all the difficult decisions that you made, some of them that were made against you, some of them you didn't have anything to do with, somebody else made the choice, and threw you into a traumatic season of life. It could be any of those things, but I'm here to tell you, it's not how you start, it's how you finish that matters. Come on, somebody. It's time to break camp in advance. Come on, somebody shout, break camp in advance. The psalmist said that the word of God is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my pathway. And that means that the word of God is going to show you what transition can take place. And what he did for people in the word, he'll do it for you right now. Why put it off another day? 
that the Word of God shines on the direction that God has for each one of our lives, and it starts with obedience. Let me just say this, that the best version of you is on the other side of saying yes to the requests of the Lord. The best version of you is creating a habit of yes when God asks you to do something. Now, he must know something that we may not know because religion would try to say that baptism is really about religious um, affiliation. You know, if you go to this church, you get sprinkled. This one, you get dunked. Somebody said, how come you dunk around Living Word Church? Well, I've never seen anybody that was buried at a funeral that they threw dirt in their face and left them there. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's probably not going to work. Because it is very much a burial of who I used to be. It's called being in the Bible. John chapter 3 calls it being born again. What's that mean? That I was somebody full of sin and guilt and there wasn't any way for me to escape it except I had a substitute by the name of Jesus that was righteous and holy and perfect and I was full of flaws and failures and he took all of, he scooped up every failure, every malady, every cankered thought, every gross deed and he nailed them to his cross as my divine substitute. And when he was buried, I was buried. And when he got up, we got up. (laughs) Hallelujah. And that's the gospel. It's not a warmed over sinful life. It's a brand new life in Jesus. Listen, we buried a, we've baptized a lot of folks around here. We never left anybody at the bottom of the pool. Everybody comes out. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. And it's important for you to understand today that you probably got some things, everybody in this room that hadn't been baptized, I want you to know you probably got some things you need to leave at the bottom of that pool. Can't say amen, say oh me, it's true. But I want you to get this now. Clear direction comes out of the word of God. Why? Because God doesn't want you today to bear the testimony in secret. He wants you to be public about I used to be dead in sin, but now I'm alive to God. Hallelujah. I used to be dead in addiction, but now I'm free. I used to demand my own way all the time, but I found out his way is better. It's just a, tra- it's a new season. It's the season that blows in when the gospel of Jesus Christ comes front and center in your life. Suddenly, you're presented with a choice. It's an open door. Jesus didn't just open the door for you. He took it off its hinges. The stone was rolled away. The hindrance is gone. Now, I can tell you there's a whole lot of death that the devil wants to present to you in the cave and tell you you're not ready. I can just tell you right now, I'm ready. God's ready. You know, it's a funny story. If you read Moses visiting Pharaoh when it was time to let the people go, and he'd go until Pharaoh let God's people go, and he said, he said no, and so a plague would come. Flies would come. The river turned into blood. How many of you remember all these stories? Well, all of a, one of the plagues in the middle of all of this was frogs. The plague of the, how many remember the plague of the frogs? You all remember this? And so... All of a sudden, there's frogs hopping everywhere. The Bible says even in Pharaoh's bed, covered with frogs. How many of you know this would be hard to get a night's sleep? Hello? You got croaking frogs all over the place. 
And so Moses comes back and Pharaoh says, okay, we'll let you go. He said, he said just tell the frogs to go away. And so Moses asks him a question. He says, well, you, when do you want me to petition the Lord to get rid of the frogs? He said, tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> How many of you would ask him to do it right then? And so here we go, one more night with the frogs. Somebody, some, it sounds like a country song, doesn't it? One more night with the frogs. Come on, somebody. I got my cowboy boots on so I can sing that. Why would you want to spend one more night with the frogs? Why one more night in sin, one more night in guilt, one more night in shame, one more night in oppression, one more night for the enemy to kill you and send you into a Christless eternity? Why one more night with the frogs? Just wondering why you can't see and hear and feel the wind of a new season coming into your life. You're one good decision away from a brand new life filled with God filled with freedom, filled with grace that he alone could have provided for us. Hebrews chapter number 12 says, seeing we're compassed about with those who've already made the seasonal change, such a cloud of witnesses in heaven. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us with, run with endurance the race that God sets before us. Looking unto Jesus, see, that's when you know. When every day you're looking unto Jesus. Seasons change because Jesus is going in the right direction all the time. You just need to learn to stay on his heels. You need to just walk with God. It's a walk with God. I remember my own testimony. When I came out of bondage, I didn't like me, so I didn't blame anybody else for not liking me. I didn't like me. I didn't like who I'd become. I'd done the best to do it my way, like Frank Sinatra said. Come to find out, it wasn't right. I want you to understand today that God has got a great path for all of us. He is our heavenly GPS, God positioning system. And God knows how to steer us back on course, even if we've taken decades worth of detours. God knows how to get us back on track. And I just want to encourage you today that today God is opening a major door. And it's a commitment. It's not a lighthearted thing. I don't want to be lighthearted about turning in the right direction. And I sure don't want to make it lighthearted about turning in the wrong one. But God has taken the hindrance out of the way. He has moved the door completely off his hinges. And today you can walk through that open door. It's an invitation to a brand new life in Jesus Christ. Baptism isn't a religious, just a religious function. It's a testimony to all the world that who I was is dead and buried. Go ahead and preach its funeral and come alive in Jesus Christ. And that's the gospel. That's the fundamentals of Christian faith. And it involves water. You say, well, why water? I don't know. I, hanging on a real cross would be a real problem for us. I prefer water. How many of you prefer water than somebody to really bury in you? It's a whole lot simpler process and doesn't involve a grave digger. It's important for us to realize today that what's on the other side is a resurrection life that you can't even describe, you can't even understand until it happens. Amen. You can't know what resurrection life feels like until you say yes to the Son of God who has already come. Listen, like I said, a funeral is a pretty final thing. Would you like to meet the one who beat the funeral? Yes. Yeah. Would you like to see the one that turned the page on death and brought life to those who were dead? Amen. It's all about Jesus. 
Somebody said, you Christians are awful narrow-minded saying Jesus is the only way. Well, I only know one that just beat death. I only, I only know one that qualified to be your Savior. Amen. I couldn't have saved me. I had my own sin to deal with. So you can't save you, but there was one qualified to do it. And it's Jesus, the Son of God. Now, I'm just telling you the truth. I didn't grow up in a religious sort of an environment, and I wouldn't have given you a plug nickel for the whole ball of wax. But when I heard that Jesus Christ could change your life and that he really wanted to come and do the journey with you and that I never had to never have another lonely moment in the rest of my life, not one, because I'd never be alone. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And when I heard that story, I said, that's for me. I need him. I don't like being lonely. I don't like what I've done to my life. He wants to give me a new beginning? I'm all in. You have my interest. What do you got? Oh, a life without regret? Boy, that sounds nice. How about a life without having to be plagued with sickness and disease? Hmm, that sounds like a good one too. How about a God that wants to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Yeah, I need that. I'm always concerned about money. You mean God wants to take responsibility for all of that? Not just my Sunday morning, but the whole shooting match? Yeah. The whole shooting match. And so that's what he offers. All of him. What's it require? All of you. It's not just a prayer you pray on Sunday. It's a life you lay on the altar. You say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I'll trade you my crummy one for the new one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, Who, Whoever's in Christ becomes a new creation. Old things pass away, and all things become new, and all things are of God, who's reconciled us unto himself, and today is not counting your sins to your life. Come on. How many of you have got some things in your life, real history, that you never want to stare at you in the presence of a holy God? Here it is. I will never stand before a holy God with my failure. Never. It will not be there. If the page that has the guilt and all the record of all the things that Pat had done in his life was written down, he'd open up the book to Pat's page and he'd find blood dripping off the bottom of the page and just say, Jesus has redeemed it all. Come on, somebody. That's the way the gospel of Jesus Christ works. Come on. Somebody shout, praise God. So why would you put off that for one more day and spend one more night with the frogs? Bow your heads in the room. If you're in this room today and you'd say, Pastor Pat, I've never given my life to Jesus in the way that you've described today. I didn't even know that was a part of the story. And I'm telling you, I'm sorry that you weren't told the story, but it is the story and it is very much the point. God loves you the way you are, and he loves you enough not to leave you there. Amen. And if you're watching online today and you'd say, Pastor Pat, I am tired of being trapped in the season of sin and regret. I need a new season in my life. Jesus calls it being born again. Yes. And you're one moment and one quality decision away from turning from death to life, from sin to salvation, today can be that day for you. This is what he said, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Call upon him. 
Now, what's that mean? I'm calling upon him. I'm just adding Jesus to my life. No, Jesus isn't just added. He is your life. He will show you the way home in every category of life and living. And he said, I've come that you might have life, John 10, 10. I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And that's what he wants, freedom, joy, peace, and an eternity with God instead of the alternative. And today can be that day for you. If you're in this room today or you're watching online and you'd say, Pastor Pat, don't leave me out of that prayer. I know I need God in my life. I know I need to call upon him. Would he, would he forgive me, Pastor Pat? I guarantee you on his word and his promise, he will. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God's not in charge of that part. That's your part. Jesus did everything that he needed to do to bring you to a moment's decision when your faith would take over the agenda of your life. If you're in the room today and you say, Pastor Pat, I need Christ in my life. I want him to do the journey with me. I don't want to be a, a say-so Christian because of where I'm a member. I want to be a no-so Christian because I know that Jesus is with me all the time. Church is a great idea, but church can't save you. Baptism is a great idea, but baptism can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. And he is as close, my friends, as the mention of his name. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of who you are today, it can be that day for you. And so if you'd say, Pastor Pat, don't leave me out of that prayer today. I know I need God. Today, I want to make that line in the sand moment. I want to step out of the open door that Jesus took the hinges off of. I want to walk through that door. It's my choice to come out of the prison so I've been living in and to come into freedom and come into holiness and come into the joy that is unspeakable and it's full of his glory. And if that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. Before we pray, and I'm not inviting anyone forward, I just want to know who I'm praying for. Before we pray together, if you'd say, Pastor Pat, I know I need Christ in my life, and I need a real salvation, not just one I hope for, one I know I'm, I've got. I want to know that I've come out of death and into life. I want to know that today I'm, I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm going to enjoy the ride on the way because I'm going to walk with the King, and He's going to walk with me. I've got troubles in my life, but I, I know I can face those troubles if I know God is in my life. Pray for me, Pastor Pat. If that's you, wherever you're at, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. I want to know who I'm praying for. For those online, there's a, there's a button on that that says, raise the hand. And you just touch that button right now and say, Pastor, don't leave me out of that prayer. I'm going to pray with you, and today's going to be my day. If you're in this room today, you say, Pastor Pat, I know I need Jesus. Don't leave me out of that prayer today. I know I need God. If that's you, wherever you're at, lift up your hand wherever you are. That's me, Pastor Pat. Pray for me. God bless you. Yeah, wherever you are, just lift up your hand wherever you are. I see you. God bless you. Thank you, both of you. Thank you. God bless you both. Amen. I see you back there. God bless you, sweetheart. Five. Anybody else today? I'm looking all. I see you, sweetie. God bless you. God bless you today. Six. Anyone else today? I see you. Seven. God bless you, sweetheart. Amen. God is so good. He's so good. Seven, eight, God bless you. Anybody else today, Pastor Pat? Don't leave me out of that prayer today. I know, I see you right there. God bless you, sweetheart. Amen, amen. I think that's 10. Anybody else today? If you're online, don't, come on, I'm, I'm serious. Because where you go from here is going to be monumentally important. And so make sure you touch that button. I want to share with you where you go from here. And so that's how that happens. But I want you to pray with me. Those of you online, there's many in the room here that are about to say yes to Jesus. And you can too. 
And at some point, each one of us just have to open up our heart and say, Lord, I can't add anything to what you've done. All I do is just open up and receive that. I'm changing my mind from me being in charge to you being in charge. Now teach me and help me. And man, the journey begins. Come on, take the journey with us, everybody. Pray this prayer with me right out loud. All of us together, those of you online, pray this with me. Dear God in heaven, I come in the name of Jesus. I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your dying for me. And then you rose from the dead. Come and be the Lord of who I am. I surrender my life to you. Come into my life. Lead me now. Be the Lord of who I am. Now and forever. Teach me what this means. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Come on, give me a good amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. Woo. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at LWC Dayton and on Facebook at Living Word Dayton.